This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this. Nair, yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you can have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's Ben approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ben and Ashley I, Almost Famous, In-Depth. Ashley and I are back, this time with a guest that I know you all are going to be excited about. Bachelor Nation has wanted to hear from our next guest uh, for a long time. This is another In-Depth episode of the Almost Famous podcast. Ashley, without giving out a name, how pumped are you for today's sit-down? When I can't, when I usually come up with questions, it the amount of questions... <laughs> 
never flows the way it did for me today. Like I just had question after question after question after question. So this person is definitely an interesting person. A hundred percent. This is going to be a great sit down. I'm pumped without uh, delaying it any further. She's known from Colton Underwood's season of The Bachelor. She later went on to Bachelor in Paradise, where she was pursued by Derek Paith, but ended up getting engaged to Christian Haggerty at the end. Christian and our next guest announced on Instagram Live that they were splitting up on October 31st of 2019. She is so much more than a Bachelor Nation contestant. Her life is something that we all are going to learn from today. Welcome to the podcast, Demi Burnett. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello, hello. We are so excited to have you. Uh, I was on your podcast last week, which just started. It's called Big Demi Energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do, you want us to t- do you want to tell us what that's all about? What are you guys going to be covering over there? Yeah. Big Demi Energy is just about like, you know, shooting the show having fun, having fun guests, uh, being confident, you know, it's like the beginning of it. So I'm still talking about a lot of ideas that we can do. Uh, it's pretty intimidating, but it, I'm like starting to have a lot of fun with it now. Like the more that it keeps going with time and stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, we are going to get everyone to get to know you so well today that they're going to want more and more of you and they'll have to go to your podcast to get that. (laughs) So let's start from the very beginning of your life, Demi. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Can you tell us about growing up and your childhood? Um, Yeah. So my childhood was interesting. I I don't think I've ever really talked about this before. I grew up with a single dad, so whenever I was three, my dad and my mom got divorced, and my mom uh, moved away. She, like, always was, I don't know, we were in Virginia, and she moved to, like, New Mexico, and my dad always took care of us. He was an amazing father. Uh, Whenever I was younger, he was working in the White House, and, yeah, working a full job and taking care of me and my brother, and my mom was, you know, somewhere out there. Uh, we would see her like on holidays and stuff like that. And like we loved seeing her so much because like even though she wasn't present for a lot of it, whenever we did have time with her, she was like such a good mom and like so sweet to us. And like, you know, she's just very motherly and loving. Um, so we really liked spending time with her and it was always so much fun. But it was never stable. Like we never knew when we were going to see her. Uh, we never knew what was going on with her. Like, you know, she was messed up in drugs, messed up with men. Uh, and my dad always had a really, really stable environment for us. So we've always been with him and, uh, he's a rock star. And so that's like early childhood living in Stafford, Virginia. And then, uh, my dad got remarried to this woman and she had two sons So uh, that's whenever I was about six. So I had three brothers and like this awesome new stepmom. And it was so funny. We would like me and all my brothers would like have this lineup of computers and we would just game all day long together. Um, And so they were together for about five years. And then whenever I was 11, something happened. I don't really know what. And they split up then. And uh, my dad and my stepmom at the time. And that was a pretty big bummer because I mean, I had, like, grown so close to these people, you know? And, like, these were my brothers, and, like, all of a sudden they were gone. And so that was really tough, and it was hard on my dad and my brother, too, and hard on them. So whenever I was 11, we moved from Stafford to Texas to be closer to my dad's family. 
and uh, we like moved to Fort Worth uh, with his mom and dad or his mom and his stepdad and we I started going to school there uh, it was it was really hard but like my dad was like really solid rock through all of it you know and like just always made sure we were taken care of and it was it's just really cool because like I know as a parent you have an obligation to do that but like you know a lot of people fall short and he like never fell short as a dad like we were always his priority and like meanwhile while this is going on still no idea what, what's going on with my mom no idea where she is like randomly seeing her um she had a like whenever I would go see her she had this one house in California it was in Fresno like right outside of Fresno in the mountains and uh she it was like a huge ranch it was called like crazy horse ranch and we had like all these horses and any animal we wanted like we could have it so we just had so many animals and we were always just fucking around out there and like having a blast with her like new man who ended up being a complete psychopath but you know he had like a good facade of like making us feel like he was awesome but he was really trash um but yeah so that's like I love like even smelling horse poop now because it just like takes me back to like those fun summers and uh it's just special um so then whenever we were like at my dad's house we moved to this little town called Red Oak whenever I was in seventh grade and it was a prop it was in the beginning like the worst like memories that I have like it's like you know middle school you know stuff like that because I had come from this place in Virginia where like everyone was so nice to me I had never like been bullied I'd never had anyone be mean to me and I moved to this Red Oak town in seventh grade I'm like going through an awkward stage and I like was so bullied these girls were so mean threatening to like kick my ass and like I was 12 years old I had no idea what they were talking about I was like what do you mean you're gonna kick my ass you want to fight me like why it was bizarre and so then I kind of had to like toughen up and like I don't know, it kind of made me a little hard and, you know, like I was, it was weird because I was just so innocent and then like I was, it hurt me so bad. And so then I was like, okay, like I dog eat dog world, like I've got to figure out how to survive. Um, and girls are just so mean. And then, you know, middle school, like got through it. Then I went to high school and it was the same thing. Um, I played volleyball all throughout all of this that was my life and that's like all I ever did my dad was pretty strict on me so like I didn't ever party or drink or anything I just uh, went to school made great grades played volleyball went home like it was pretty much all I did I, I had some time with friends but oh and then um like my dad was always super super like strict about us going to church so I spent a lot of time going to church like three times a week like Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night uh, and so I kind of got like, once I graduated high school, I was like pretty much over that. And I was like, I'm not going to go anymore. Um, I'm going to like, you know, I'll see where life takes me and like where I'm drawn to if I want to get back into that stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Then I graduated and went to college. And since I never partied in high school, I partied so hard in college and, uh, I was wild, but that's kind of whenever I found myself. Cause in high school I was really I was friends with everybody and stuff, but I wasn't confident in myself. And so, like, I wasn't myself all the time. Like, I was just kind of, like, quiet or, like, I thought, you know, insecure, thinking people didn't want to talk to me or, like, people didn't want to be friends with me or scared that somebody was going to try to fight me. <laughs> um, and so then I went to college and I, like, got this confidence because I was like, you know what? I'm a pretty cool person. 
Like people like to be around me and if they don't, then they don't have to be around me. And I just got to like, you know, make sure like I treat people well if they treat me well. And, you know, it's still something I work on today is like treating people well no matter what. Um, and, you know, sometimes I just take jokes too far. But, yeah. And then after that, I feel like I'm rambling. No, I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, and, and I think this is a good place here, too, is you're definitely not rambling. This is what this is. So this is a lot. This this whole setup is about just you personally so that everybody can out there kind of connect the dots between, okay, this is the Demi we saw on television. This is the Demi we've rooted for, but we've only got to see a very small piece of her life. What brought her to this point today? And so to sum up all of that and to also walk us into this next phase of kind of your life story, um, as I as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm like, okay, there's so much here to unplug, right? Like I would love to talk to you about your faith now and where that stands. I would love to talk to you about the impact that your family has had on you through all these changes. I would love to talk to you about and just say like, holy cow, Demi, at seventh grade, you've gone through all of this. Like there's got to be a lot there that you've learned and realized. So in short, this is what I want to ask you to take us in the next phase is if there's three things that people need to know about you as a human, that would help them understand you, what would those three things be? Um, one of them would be that I am ultimately pretty dang sensitive and I try to cover that up because in the past, whenever I'd shown my emotions, like this is kind of in regards to like my ex-stepdad that my mom was with that guy. Like, you know, if I would cry about something, like he would be so mean to me about it. Like, you know, there was just no, like, sympathy. There was no, like, never felt bad for me or anything. Never wanted to make me feel better. Just was like, stop crying, you're a baby, like, all this stuff. And so it's just kind of, like, shaming me out of my emotions all the time. So, like, I do have, like, this hard shell around me. But, like, I am very sensitive. Um, and I, I feel things, like, very, very strongly. I just kind of pretend like I don't, which, uh, you know, isn't healthy. <laughs> um... Another thing is, is that I pretty much live in my head. Uh, I, I spe- like I overthink a lot of things. I'm, I'm constantly in my head and uh, I can misinterpret a situation by overthinking too much about it. But I always will hear you out. And like I I'm not stubborn on that. Like I I'm willing to change my mind very like quickly and like logically. Um, I'm not irrational. Um, another thing. Mm. I'm uh, very, very protective and loyal and stuff, but sometimes that can get to a point where, like, I'm so protective and loyal that it's, and I, I feel very uncomfortable if I have no control over a situation or like, you know, like I have a little bit of like a control thing that I'm very aware of. And I have to be like, okay, like it's okay if you're not in control of like the dinner plans for tonight or something, or it's okay that you're not in control of how somebody's making you feel right now. And, uh, just that's something. Cause I know that that's caused issues in the past with me and like friendships and stuff like that and relationships. And it's, uh, it's something that like I, 
I need like the people in my life to have a little patience with me on it because like I I understand that that's really hard to deal with somebody who can be a little controlling and I don't want to be that way but it's I don't know it's like embedded in my brain it's like it must be genetic or something I don't know but I think it's I haven't been in control of so many situations in my life that now like it has this obsession with me like wanting to be able to control it now that I like feel like I can and uh mm-hmm. yeah it's it's tough it's, it's see look at me always in my brain like overthinking everything trying to make sense of situations like trying to figure out the right thing to do or the right way to handle it or like you know be self-aware and yeah just live in this brain so I mean just to close that thought Demi how often Ashley and I talk about this sometimes but how often is it that you will be in a situation and I think it's funny because the show is obviously the most relatable example for all of us but how often can you be in a situation and you you like say something do something and you look back and you like have this like guilt or shame or just like you in your own brain questioning like every like I did it last night right I went out with some friends I I don't know what we we did a bourbon tasting so I drank a bunch of bourbon and I'm talking and I'm just talking all night and I wake up this morning I'm like what in the world did I say last night like I got so vulnerable that like they're probably scared to death today and I say this because of relating it back to the show. How hard was it to watch some of this stuff back? Um, I probably do that like on a daily basis. Like I say something and I'll just like something. Sometimes I also just say the wrong things, but I will say something and I'll walk away from the situation. And I'm like, oh, dear God, what did I just say? Like, what did I just do? Like, mm-hmm. are they going to interpret that weird? Are they going to be mad at me? Like. I do it every day. Um, watching the show back, there's so many times where I just cringe and I'm like, oh, I can't even watch it. Like, you know, uh, I'm hard on myself. And whenever, I guess it was less so for Bachelor because on The Bachelor, they just kind of had me be funny and stuff like that. I mean, there were some things that, you know, offended some people, but uh, I don't know. Paradise for me was like cringy. I don't know why. I just, I can't even watch it again. <laughs> All right, Demi, I want to get back into your childhood before we move on to your bachelor experience, but we're going to do that right after this break. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? (laughs) Yeah. 
or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay. I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. <laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you feel like you just need to get something off your chest, whether it's work, family, relationships, we all carry around different stressors all day, big and small. When we bottle up those stressors, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's been weighing you down. Therapy's always been a benefit in my life. It's something that uh, my wife and I do as a couple. It's also something I do personally. If nothing else, it's a great place to just release whatever is going on internally. It's a place where you can feel less alone. Therapy allows you to be the best version of yourself, which obviously life is short. And so the more we can be the better versions of ourselves, the better this whole thing is for us and the people around us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash almost today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash almost. You wake up with a scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, and cough. You know your body. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are tough it out, get sick, take some time out from work, Hope the doctor can see you this month or wait two hours at urgent care. Then you can sit in a room full of sick people or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types, plus a doctor's easy guide. So you'll know exactly what to take and when no waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy it's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door and you get 15% off at twc.health/famous. You can use the promo code famous. That's promo code famous at twc.health/famous. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Demi, what age were you when your mom went to prison? Um, so that's a little unclear for me. Um, you know, parents like want to protect you whenever you're a kid and that kind of information, you know, like especially me, like I was just this super adorable little blonde girl like running around. I think the last thing they wanted to tell me was like, your mom's going to prison. Uh, so it was sometime whenever I was younger, she went for a couple years. Like I didn't see her for a while and I didn't know why. Um, but yeah, so whenever I was under 10, like I, I really couldn't even tell you how old I was cause I didn't even know until after years after it had happened. Um, and then she went back, uh, that it, it was, it was, yeah. So I was 22, I guess, whenever she went in the second time, 21 or 22. Um, and then she got out, you know, whenever I was on the show and then, um, she, <laughs> She went back. She's in prison right now. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but she'll be out in May. It was just she, like, violated probation or something. Failed a drug oh. test or something. Are you comfortable sharing with us why she went to prison the other two times? Um, Like, sorry, did you ask me why she went to prison the other two times? Yeah. Yeah, because you can Google it and find out. Um. It was, I'm not exactly sure. It had something to do with like embezzlement, fraud, and you know something to do with that stealing money from somebody. It's weird, right? Because when I was prep, just an alternate when I was prepping for this podcast, I was like, I'm going to laugh my brains off <laughs> talking to you, and I think we still will. There's a lot of funny things here, but the beauty of you is that you're complex. And we all are, right? We all are complex at some level. But like your story right away is like, I'm just sitting here, I don't know, really happy to be talking to you, I guess would be the thing. Like I'm going to learn a lot from you today. And I know Ashley is as well. Um, how did this, how does having, this is going to feel so insensitive, I, I, but like how does having, growing up, knowing that your mom is in prison, like how does that affect you as a human? Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's the, the best way to say it. Um. I it affected me like not having her like present and like you know making bad decisions and stuff like not having that like nurture it it definitely kind of made me like a little bit harder and I'm like a little bit colder and also like I had to you know my dad took care of me so well like the best he ever or he or anyone else ever could but you know he had to work too so there was a lot of things that like I had to do that normally moms would do and so I did a lot of things for myself so like now if somebody doesn't do things from the, for themselves, they're like, you know, like they have their mom doing a bunch of stuff for them still. I'm like jealous that I didn't have that. And so it makes me a little bitter. And I'm like, you can't do anything yourself. But then I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I know that I'm just jealous that I never got to experience that. Um, but it, I mean, it definitely like caused a lot of like mommy issues. Like it, me and my brother always like joke about it um, just because like l loving, like putting so much love and having so much love for this woman who you like, you know, 
you look up to her so much and you just want her to like be around and just like love you back the way you love her and like constantly chasing her and uh it hurt it hurt really really bad and I mean I used to cry about it like every night as a kid but I just now you know I I don't want to ever like you know as an adult you just kind of get more mature about it and it's like I don't want to make my dad feel discredited because, you know, like I feel so bad. I was always crying about my mom to my dad and he's over there doing everything for me. And so I don't know, I guess I feel guilty about that. So um, now I just like sing his praises and, you know, he's my best little buddy. I love that man. How was it being raised by a father during your teenage years when it came to dating, body changes and all that? Mm. Uh, I definitely just kept it all to myself. Um, I didn't really date that much. Like I would have like two week long little boyfriends that I would just see in the hallway or something. I didn't really date anyone seriously. Um, and honestly, I was kind of, uh, I was not a very good person in high school because I would just, they called me heartbreak Demi because I would just like talk to a guy for two weeks and then I was like, okay, I'm over it. And then I'm like, who's the next one? Who's the next one? And I don't know why I did that, but it was cruel. Um, I think I just like, was into like the chase and then once the chase was over I was like okay like next next chase because I mean I mean that's a terrible terrible way to be and I know that and I would never do that now um, but I think it was just kind of like, like liking the attention and I knew that I wasn't going to really like hang out with them probably outside of school that much because like you know I my dad probably wouldn't be too cool with it unless he like knew the guy and then I was always doing volleyball stuff and it was kind of just like, I liked crushing on people. Um, but I definitely hurt some people along the way. And that's, I, you know, I'll f have guilt about that forever. <laughs> Did you um, have a mother figure at all during those high school years? Did your dad ever remarry? Yes. So whenever I was 13, my dad started dating this woman, Bobby, and she was the best thing that ever happened to us. Uh, she's incredible. They're still together and everything. Um she definitely helped me be like more girly and stuff because I was like a total tomboy because I was just growing up with my dad and my brother and I would like my dad would try his best, you know, but I was I don't know. I always wanted to like wear my brother's clothes and stuff like I was just a total tomboy. Um, and so like she definitely girlied me up and like loves me so, so much. Like it's so cool. She just took me in as her own. Like she fully believes I am her daughter and like she is like my mother. Like, she was my mom ever since I was 13. What did that do for you I mean, to have at 13, like, to have that woman walk into your life? It was awesome. Like, I finally got to have, uh, like, a motherly figure and got to have, like, somebody to, like, talk to, like, you know, girly stuff with and, like, uncomfortable conversations I don't want to talk to my dad about, you know? Um, it, I really needed it, and then she has like this amazing family too and all like I love all of them they love all of me they took us right in as well uh it was very like healing hmm. you mentioned playing with boys hearts in high school when did you realize you were interested in possibly men and women um I I kind of like had like whenever I was little like you know whenever you're a young kid and you start playing on the computer and you're looking at things you shouldn't be looking at I was like looking at naked women and I was interested in it and I liked, I liked it. And, uh, that's, I was probably like fifth grade maybe started that and, but not much. And then, uh, 
It all started with because one time I went to Demi.com, like just went to it and it was like a porn site and I didn't know, obviously, and it like gave me so many viruses. But uh, I was just like, oh, I'm going to go to my name. And then I was like, huh, that was interesting. I didn't mind that. Um, and so then in seventh grade, there was like a rumor that went around that because it bullies that I liked girls and everyone was like making fun of me and like, what is it called? Is it called is ostracizing the right word? Whenever you mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, it works. Okay. Um, and like, you know, it was just torture. And so I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Like, whatever. And then that kind of just like, I don't even know who started that. So weird. But then that just kind of like went away. And I was like, okay, phew. Like, nobody, nobody knows about that. Like, it kind of just, everyone forgot about it. Um, and then I just kind of like, I thought about it a lot. But I always thought it was wrong. Because that's just, you know, it, it, it's a different day and age now. Back then it was less okay especially like me little church girl like that wouldn't have been chill at the church now I'm sure it probably is fine but I was scared you know I didn't want to even entertain the thought so watched a bunch of girl on girl porn through high school and stuff and then made my first like move or like acted on it uh, my freshman year of college and it was funny because it was with a girl we were in college but like we went to school together one year and whenever we were like in sixth grade or something and I was like, hey, funny seeing you here. What was it like when when you first realized it? So, uh, you know, you watched, uh, you know, the videos and you watched, looked at the pictures and it was intriguing to you. But when did you realize, like, when did it hit you? Oh, I'm actually into women as well. Um, I think it was like the first like the very first time I like kissed a girl and not like drunk kissed a girl at a party, but like intimately kissed a girl. It like. I don't know. It was crazy, like fireworks in my stomach. I was like, oh, my gosh, I loved that. So was that your freshman year? Yeah. Okay. When was your first kiss with a boy? Uh, Seventh grade. Did you have fireworks there? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I did. Uh, it, it was just... I think about like the first, you know, the first time you ever make out, you're like, I've never made out with anyone. Like, I don't know what to do. And I like made out with this kid and you just, it was just a terrible make out. And so it was just awkward. But like, I, th- I think that I honestly, like my first kiss with a boy, I was like three the first time. <laughs> I like a little three-year-old <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> I like to call my kindergarten kiss my first kiss too, instead of the 19 year old kiss. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brutal. 19. You call yourself the queer queen. You know, you're you're, you're the a queer queen in paradise. Can you tell our audience what the difference between bi, fluid, and queer is? So, I call myself a queer queen, and what I mean by like queer is that like I I know that I'm different. I know that I'm not the norm. Mm-hmm. And then sexual fluidity is like you're flowing either way you know you are gonna you change your mind however you're feeling like whatever your desires are your sexuality flows with that it's never like constant or like consistent it's like flowing around and then like gender fluidity is the same concept except you're just fluid and flowing with like whatever gender you're feeling like Uh, mm -hmm. whatever you're identifying as like you know that day or that whatever it's just flowing back and forth and maybe flowing forth for a while and back a little and whatever. It's just fluid. Um, and then yeah. bisexual is being attracted to both men and women. Do you think that was... And you identify as... Um, you know, I, I don't... I guess, like, 
this is so hard for me because like I don't really know what to identify as. I guess you could say bisexual, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't date a trans person because I would, you know, like or mm-hmm. someone who doesn't want to identify as any gender. Like I would be open to dating anybody if I had a connection with them. So that's why I just kind of say queer because I'm like, just not the norm. Like whatever. Hmm. Okay. So you being queer never came up on Colton's season. Why was that? I was embarrassed and ashamed and I didn't want to like weird the girls out or something, you know? Uh, I just like wasn't ready to come out, honestly. Did did anybody know? Like any of the producers, any anybody? Yeah, uh, some of the producers knew um, like towards the end of it and then like my closest friends knew like I'm sure I'm sure I told Hannah at some point um, but I probably like, yeah. you know, just kind of try to do it casually like oh yeah i've dated women before <laughs> mm-hmm. she's like what demi um <laughs> 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 uh, your mom got out of prison for the second time while you were filming the bachelor and you were all the way in asia how did it feel not being able to would you normally have seen her when she got out of prison now that we see that this is like a thing that she's done a couple times like would you normally go and see her right away or was the phone call kind of like pretty much what you would do um, as the like years go on and I get older and older, I definitely have seen her less and less. If like the right thing to do would have been to go and see her, you know, um, it just wasn't convenient for me. And I just was like a little bit selfish about it at this point, just because it's like, it hurts. Like there's so many emotions, like seeing her every time is like just so emotional and it's just really hard. It's really draining. And so I was in such like a a fun place, you know, like I was coming off The Bachelor, like, you know, my life is completely changing, like the show is about to air and I didn't want to feel those negative feelings. Like I just wanted to like live in what my life was then, like and what I like, you know, done for myself and like and just kind of like relish in the joy and like the excitement and not like be bummed out by this emotional trauma and uh I guess kind of just like avoiding it though is really not the right thing to do and it would have taken a lot less out of me out of my life and like myself than like it uh how how do I say that right like it would have cost me less than like the amount mm. I would be giving her. Like I would be giving her such an amazing thing. She would have loved to have seen me. That's all she wanted. She wants to see me. And it I should have like done the right thing and like immediately gone. I just chose to be selfish in that moment. And I feel guilty about it. Um but I I mean I don't know. I try to do what I can. I like have little video calls with her now. My brother I don't think is talking to her at all, which makes me sad because I know she's sad. It's just like a lot of emotions to take in. There's and I feel them so strongly. Like I I feel for her because she's she knows that she's like fucking up and she knows that she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. She knows that she wasn't there for us, you know, growing up. And she's done a lot of people wrong and I know she has like so much guilt for that and like probably a lot of like self hatred and stuff and depression and I, it's just like taking on all those emotions and like thinking about it even. It's it like makes you want to cry. It makes me hurt. 
it's just it's a lot do you take on those emotions personally yeah but uh that's kind of why i like avoid thinking about it a lot or like talking about it a lot like uh, it's because it it does weigh on me like so much like i take them in so much and i get so worried about her and i feel for her and like you know i just like i don't know what to do to help and mm-hmm. i you know i could be angry and i could like you know blame her and all this stuff but everybody in her life is angry with her always and hurt by her and disappointed Mm. and like she just I think what she needs from me is just like I'm never gonna be mad at you I love you and all I'm gonna like give you is love and forgiveness well speaking of forgiveness um Demi I would love to talk to you just to few minutes if you're okay with it about your faith and what role that plays in your life now I think it's super it would be super interesting for me and uh the listeners are you good with that yeah. okay perfect well hey let's take a break when we come back let's talk to Demi uh about her faith growing up in a conservative household and where that stands today we'll be back uh with Demi Burnett on the almost famous in-depth <laughs> What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? (laughs) Yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. One guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for The Bachelorette. (laughs) (laughs) Or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. 
A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You wake up with a scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, and cough. You know your body. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are tough it out, get sick, take some time out from work, hope the doctor can see you this month, or wait two hours at urgent care. Then you can sit in a room full of sick people. Or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types, plus a doctor's easy guide so you'll know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door and you get 15% off at twc.health/famous. You can use the promo code FAMOUS. That's promo code FAMOUS at twc.health slash famous. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with Demi Burnett. Demi, uh, you had mentioned uh, at the very beginning how much of a role faith and a church community played in your life. And uh, I can relate with that, right? Uh, That is something that I I hold very dear to my heart. People of the podcast definitely know that. They're sick of me talking about it. So I'm not going to get into my own personal beliefs. But I do want to hear from you on what role now church plays in your life, knowing that for so much of it, it was, it was a three day a week thing, as you said. Um, yeah. So I haven't even been to church since I graduated high school. I don't think. Um, and it wasn't, it's like, it's cause I just like, don't know. And I have this thing where I am like, if, so I grew up in a Baptist church it was, okay. they were wonderful people. 
I had great memories, church camp, you know, all that stuff. A lot of great friends from there. And I, I, I didn't like going just because it was like, okay, we always have to go to church and you got to be quiet there. And it's like boring as a kid and whatever. But there was a lot of times where I really, really was into it. And I like loved going and I like loved like worshiping and like all of this stuff. I loved it. Um, it would be like a post summer camp high. Cause like we would go to church camp and it was, mm-hmm. it was so fun. It was amazing. And like a bunch of, and they made it so fun at church camp. And so, you know, you would come back and everyone was like, yeah, we're like super into this now. And like, uh, I got a lot of really great friendships from it and a lot of, you know, good life lessons and stuff. What I have, a like, what I struggle with getting on board with, with church, like, with picking a religion or picking a faith is because if they're, you know, because like, who am I to say this is what's actually the truth? This is what is right because there's millions of people that are, believe a thousand million percent that their faith is right so like how do i Mm -hmm. how can i be like no mine's right you know like no this is what happened but at the end of the day too i i want to find some kind of faith because i know that you know it's not necessarily about like maybe like uh logically making sense out of all of it and like trying to like scientifically prove how this could be real i think it's more like a good feeling and like you know a good way to like direct your life and like keep you on track and you know, and like hold you to a standard and it feels good to like believe in something. I mean, would you say then, because as a Baptist, if anybody's listening and they, they don't know exactly what that means, it's, it is more conservative, super conservative, more fundamental in nature. So they would not be uh, the church that is uh, liberal in thought thought at all baptists would stay more conservative and i don't say liberal and conservative politically like this is more in terms of like socially um but they do believe in jesus so jesus is at the core of uh it's a christian church so uh, do you miss jesus like what role does jesus then play in your life today um i think like yeah i miss jesus like i miss that relationship and like that feeling like you know that there's something out there that like has your back and wants the best for you like no matter what and like unconditionally loves you um I think it's really it's sweet and it's comforting Mm -hmm. um I guess I just kind of avoid thinking about it at all because I feel guilty because it's like you know Mm -hmm. raised my whole life fully believing in this like full-fledged 100% no doubts and then doubting as an adult and like just avoiding it uh, I don't know. It's scary because it's like part of me is like maybe there's nothing out there. Then there's part of me that's like maybe there is, and you're betraying them right now, and you're gonna burn in hell. <laughs> it's like it's so I'm just like okay, I'm not gonna think about that, I guess, and I'll just figure it out along the way. And you know, maybe one day, like, not I don't want anything like bad to happen to me, but like you know, maybe I'll just like find faith one day, or like you know, find so you know, I go go to church with somebody or like learn about another religion. And like, I feel really drawn to that. And you know, maybe I'm like, Oh, aha, this is it. This is what I want to put like all of my energy into and like fully believe this or maybe not. Like, I don't know. Um, I really would like to like have a faith Mm -hmm. and believe in something like wholeheartedly. I'm just, your story's your story's not like, 
uh, abnormal, right? I mean, I'm sure there's people out there listening right now going, yeah, like shaking their heads like this is Demi is speaking my life into me right now. So I, I just appreciate you sharing it. Um, it's interesting to me just to, you know, to hear kind of how paths go different directions, both good in their own ways. But um, thanks for sharing. I know it's not always easy to talk about. And I'm sure there is some like, you know, thoughts that come into your head as you're even speaking about it um, that do make you feel guilty. But I, I don't ask any of that to make you feel guilty. I, I'm just intrigued. Oh, yeah. No worries. I, I like that you're uh, pushing me a little out of my comfort zone. I like it. Speaking of being out of your comfort zone, Colton says in his book that you took him out of his comfort zone and that <laughs> you, especially that first week or two, was someone that he couldn't really picture developing a romantic relationship with. How do you feel looking back on your relationship with Colton? Um, I think it's funny. I think it's really funny. Um, I really liked pushing him out of his comfort zone because like, you know, he's so sweet and like gentle and I, I don't know, I was just having fun with it. Like I loved making him squirm and be like, well, what are you doing next? Like, what is Debbie going to torture me with tonight? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was really just having a lot of fun with it and, um, it did like take a serious turn for me. Uh, and that was uncomfortable. But I think it's because you're in that environment and like all you're doing is thinking about Colton Underwood for 24-7 and you've got people telling you like you have to like, you know, you need to show him that you're serious and like all this stuff. Like you need to, you know, make sure he knows how you feel and like, I don't know, it's just a lot of like in your head and you're just like, oh, maybe you're right. Maybe I, maybe I do really like this guy. Maybe I am falling in love with this guy. And then you get home and you're like, yeah, I'm not sad at all about him. I miss my friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel like anyone who's not top four goes back home feeling. When you say that it took a turn, was that when you had the first phone call with your mom with Colton on the phone with you? Yeah, uh, it's definitely around then. Um, everything was getting emotional too, like... And then you kind of start getting like insecure because you're like, wow, girls are dwindling down. I've been really confident every week that I'd still be here. And I'm kind of starting to second guess it because I don't know. I don't feel like we're having these really deep, meaningful conversations. Um, and so then, you know, those insecurities for me just kind of make me emotional. And then I start feeling vulnerable and then I start freaking out and... Yeah, then my whole personality disappears and I'm just a wreck. Were you were you basically told you can't talk to your mom unless Colton's on the phone with you? Um, no. Well, maybe. So gonna maybe I maybe I was. I can't really remember cuz I was uh just sad. I was like crying cuz they told me that they um got a hold of her. And so I was just like crying and I was just really excited. So I don't really remember how the conversation went down. And I probably was a little so, tips, a little tipsy. <laughs> so you leave Colton. He dumps you after you say, I love you. <laughs> yep. How Wonderful. did that affect you? Did that affect you more than just a couple of days? Yeah, it was a shot to the ego. And then the whole world had to watch me get rejected. It was terrible. Mm. But it, it definitely just made me feel rejected ultimately. And like the embarrassment of being dumped does not outweigh like the like hurt in my heart of like, wow, somebody doesn't want me, like, you know, and, and at that point in my life, like, I 
had been in a lot of like short lived like flings and relationships and things and like where guys ended up not wanting me and uh, just doesn't feel good at all. And it um, it's embarrassing to watch, but it's it's also like still to this day, whenever I watch it, I feel emotional. I feel hurt. Like it's like I can just put myself right back there and feel that pain of like rejection, like rejection. I don't know. It's one of the biggest things that hurts me. I, uh, I yeah. I, how much? How do I say this, Demi? We want again. I, we started this podcast out. Demi Burnett is somebody that we think of and we think of funny and quirky. And I think back in the day, you you uh, confronted me on it, but I think I called you like the lovable pest. Yeah. <laughs> um, that like was just always like getting into people and. But, like, you're lovable. At the same time, I don't know how you do that. That's still beyond me. Um, but what I'm learning right now after hearing this, and this is unexpected for me, is that, like, you feel everything. Yeah. Yeah, very intensely. Like, how, am, how am I, as a fan of you, supposed to process your story then that's been a part of your childhood now through the show if I watch you, and I'm assuming this is how you are in real life, as like this funny pest, like friend that you love and that you just went around because you always are doing, you're always down for anything. But yet, if I really got to know you, I would see that you feel everything. Yeah. Um, what is your question? So, I, how am I supposed to know? Like, how am I supposed to process that after seeing your story play out on the show? Like, how am I supposed to process your bachelor experience? And moving into Bachelor in Paradise, because that was a huge thing for you too, obviously. Um, seeing one side of you on TV, but knowing behind the scenes, there was a deep, deep hurt feeling and feelings. Uh, as a fan, like people that are fans of me, what they can like take away from this story and like learning all this stuff about me is just learning that people are complex. And mm. just because like you see somebody and you think oh they must have had the best life ever they're so happy they're so funny they're like even kind of like you know a little pesty or whatever uh they could have a whole other side to their life and be like you know sometimes I feel like I'm two different people like I have like my deep vulnerable emotional feely side that is a huge part of me and then I have this side of me that just wants to have fun and make fun of my friends and you know just goof around uh, it's just like people are complex and like have some forgiveness and like understanding about other people. Like don't just assume things about people. Um, get to know people better. Like and give, I don't know, give them, give people a chance. That's why we're doing this. This is exactly why we're sitting here. This is why I love this so much is getting to know you through this endeavor. It's really cool. I like this. Yeah. Yay. Good. We are, I am eating up every word you're telling us. So now can you tell us about the time that you met Christian off the show and how fast did that relationship evolve into a romantic one? Yeah. Um, so I met Christian at Catherine Agro's house. Um, I was in L.A. for something bachelor related. And then I um, we were just friends like she was really cool. Then I just I think I stayed there maybe one night and then I flew home and then I came back the next time and was hanging out with her again. And the first night we were hanging out, uh, we 
just started making out like by the hot tub and then we just kind of like started spending every time I was in LA like I'd spend time with her um and it was just like really easy and really comfortable and like yeah I mean it went it went pretty fast but like it wasn't ever it wasn't ever um like there was no title on it there was no rules official yeah it wasn't wasn't official and I made it clear that like I had plans and like we were like having fun. I mean, it was definitely emotional, like too. But um, yeah, like she knew what it was, and like yeah. What do you say to the fans that think that you should have stayed and pursued a relationship with her off camera since you were so emotionally involved? Um, I understand that. Uh, I could see why people would say that. Obviously, like, I get that side of it. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to, you know, have my free vacation and like, you know, not have my phone. So like I could focus on our relationship, too, because it's so much different in the real world. And like, I, I don't know, I liked being there and I liked uh, having people talking to me about my relationship too, like producers and stuff, like maybe helping me make sense of things. Like I had a really great producer and he would just tell me like, you're being an a- And I'd be like, okay, thank you. Cause like I would try to justify it if I were in the real world. I, you know, like I would find some way to be like, well, I'm being an asshole because she's doing this because this is like, you know, instead of just being like, I need to just change the way I'm thinking because I'm being a jerk. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to, like, have that help and that guidance through your relationship. A lot of fans got angry at Bachelor Production for bringing Christian into paradise for you. They said it was one of those few times where they actually felt that p- the producers were meddling with a relationship. And they felt that that was obvious. How do you respond to that? I mean, they... it. It's true. Like, I mean, they brought her into paradise and they totally like made that happen. And so like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't think like it's not. It's hard because like I'm biased on it. Um, Like, I didn't think that that was that important. Like that little detail. Like, I thought what was important was like sharing like our relationship and like our love story and stuff like that. And uh, being able to see like you know I I like being able to see me actually like loving somebody and like wanting to like be with somebody uh like outweighs the minor detail that they did bring in an outsider <laughs> but I totally I get mean, it they're, w- they're justified in like feeling angry about that like I get it and I apologize for like you know being there but like whatever i mean they were making tv at any cost i guess like you know from my knowledge ashley tell from a wrong this is the first time we've seen a a same-sex couple uh on the bachelor franchise right yeah in the u.s i think that they've had it in other yeah countries in in the u.s okay how i mean how did you get to the point demi to be a trailblazer here like how what when did it click i'm gonna be the first and i'm okay with this um well, it was really uncomfortable, um, but, like, I don't know. I was just, like, I was ready. I was ready to talk about it. Like, I didn't do it on The Bachelor, and there it was, like, 
you know, hiding it and like having this secrecy was like really getting to me because it was like, what if people find out not from me? Like, I want people to know from me first, like, you know, out of my mouth. I don't want someone to take that away from me because this is like my story and this is my life. So I... I'd like been, you know, seeing Christian beforehand and like then we started like filming Paradise stuff and I was like, well, like let me like tell the world about this cuz like you know it's relevant right now to me. Like I actually am seeing like a woman right now and stuff. So it's like perfect. I'm like in the in the vibe of it and everything, you know, and I'm ready to like not hide it anymore and yeah. And then it just, it was the most emotional thing ever. Like, I was so scared. I was scared of, like, what my parents were going to say, you know, how they were going to respond, and then my grandparents and, like, all this conservative family that I have. And uh, that was probably the scariest thing. Like, the world, I was like, the world will probably be pretty accepting of it because Mm -hmm. that's uh, where we're at in this day and age. But it's like, I don't know about my conservative family members who – like their opinions matter to me and I value them. Like, I don't know what they're going to think of me and I don't want to disappoint them or embarrass them, but like with coming out with this. So it was really scary. The other contestants, uh, of course, aren't allowed to bring in relationships from home and date in paradise, but you say, and I, I think I agree with you. And this is what I defended you about when the show was airing is there was really no other way to introduce a same sex couple onto the show then honestly manipulating it a little bit and bringing someone in from the real world so is that what you're saying like it would the importance should override the unfairness to the other contestants yeah definitely I mean that's what I think I'm not you know I don't want to like try to change anyone's opinion on it or whatever I just that's what I think and it's kind of like let's just get over it and just like be happy and like celebrate the fact that we got to see two women like fall in love with each other Right. Okay. Well, you guys do and fall in love and you get engaged at the end of the show. And I feel like a lot of people were wondering watching it. If you continue to date in the real world over that summer and not in paradise, would you guys have ever gotten serious enough to the point that you would get engaged? No way. Probably not. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then what went wrong? You did get engaged. Um, as Ashley just mentioned, how did it end? Um, not good. Definitely not good. Um, she's, Christian is very, very loving and she's like the best girlfriend, the best partner to be with. Uh, she would do anything for you. And, um, I didn't reciprocate that. I wasn't that I wasn't as good to her as she was to me. I was kind of distant um, I was overwhelmed. I was freaked out. I, you know, I was scared and like going through, you know, all of uh, my family and like everyone finding out about, um, like, you know, me being open to anything, liking girls, liking boys, liking whatever that was stressing me out. I had a lot of family that was not a lot, but a couple people in my family, like badgering me, texting me with how disappointed they were and all this stuff. Uh, and I don't know, like, I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't in it anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't in it. And she was so in it and she was so good to me. And like, that would make me feel guilty. Cause I was like, I'm not feeling the same anymore. And like, I, I feel bad that I don't feel the same anymore. 
because like I made a commitment to you and like I feel like a garbage human being and uh yeah it just it was really like fucking with me and like I was fucking with her and that wasn't fair to her she deserved way better than me and like I wanted to be with her more than anything and like I kept trying and I kept trying and like I just wasn't I wasn't feeling it anymore like I wasn't feeling like I was before like I don't know it went away I probably let it get away because I was so in my head and dealing with other things that were going on and I missed my like friends you know I didn't see my friends that much anymore like I would try to and I was always worried about like hurting her feelings and stuff and I just don't think that I was anywhere near ready for what I signed myself up for and like what I did and I feel terribly about it like I wish I could go back and do it better you know what I mean treat her way better and like she deserves because she deserves way better than what I gave her um and yeah I mean she's she's in a new relationship now and she looks so happy. And so that makes me very happy. I just feel really bad that I was that person I had become in the relationship, you know? How rocky was your relationship when she proposed back to you on the reunion show? And did that just make you a little bit irritated that she did that? Maybe as like a saving grace, like uh, the last ditch effort? You know, I don't, I, it definitely made me um, angry, but I think it like ir- irritated. And I think that made me irritated because um, I'm like, a, a, I'm, I'm kind of like, a, uh, no, not kind of, I'm a selfish person sometimes. And like, that was like my thing, you know, I was like, I proposed to you like, you know, and then I was like, why, like, are you, why, why'd you do it? Like, that makes no sense. Like that was, you know, people don't propose to each other like that normally. Like, I don't know. I was being a bitch about it. Essentially. I was just irritated about the situation and I was just ew and like I'm such a brat like I didn't like the ring at all and so I was just I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah so you know I was just a brat and um, I was being bratty about it and just irritated uh, in general because like once once I start you know you start not to feel it with somebody you kind of get irritable with everything they do yeah. Uh, yeah. so I mean I feel really really bad about that too because it was a like really nice sweet gesture and I like made her her probably feel like you know she shouldn't have done it or made her feel bad about it and like that's so not fair Demi um let's uh take a break here once again I know life's been crazy post uh breakup with Christian Uh, a little recap you have a new boyfriend Uh, You've made some good friends in Bachelor Nation. Uh, We've still got a lot more to talk about, uh, but we appreciate you so far. We'll be back on the Almost Famous In-Depth podcast with Demi Burnett. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. 
we have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? (laughs) Yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for The Bachelorette. (laughs) (laughs) Or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, Say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of times you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You wake up with a scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, and cough. You know your body. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are tough it out, get sick, take some time out from work, hope the doctor can see you this month, or wait two hours at urgent care. Then you can sit in a room full of sick people. Or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types, plus a doctor's easy guide so you'll know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door and you get 15% off at twc.health/famous. You can use the promo code FAMOUS. That's promo code FAMOUS at twc.health slash FAMOUS. 
Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on the Almost Famous podcast uh, with Demi Burnett. We've sat down with Demi so far, and uh, she's just shared some some just really amazing things to us. It's It's been complex, and complex in like a good, healthy way. I'm saying that because we all have stories, and Demi reminded us earlier. Probably the coolest thing, Demi, that I'll take away from this is you saying that people are just complex and our stories are complex. I think that's just a really beautiful reminder to me, so thank you for that. Um We've talked about a lot of, of heavy stuff, kind of, I, th- I think, so far. So we're going to pick it up a bit. I know life's really good for you right now, at least I think it is. Uh, but you've also made some, made some friends in Bachelor Nation. You've made the headlines many times for your friendship with Nick Vile. Where did that come from? Like, how did that happen? What was your relationship? Um, so I was a huge Nick fan. I loved his season of The Bachelor. I was, like, obsessed with him. Um, I remember telling Ashley that the first time she interviewed me, uh, it was funny. Um, and so then he asked me to be on his podcast and I was like freaking out. I was so excited. Um, and then we just kind of like developed this like brother sister relationship. Like he always is like looking out for me and he like, you know, helps me out in the industry. Like he's, you know, I got to go to the golden globes because of him. Uh, he's just a really good friend to me. And like, we always just make sure that we like look out for each other. Cause I know that we both do controversial things and you know, a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't like me. Uh, and so we just have each other's back. Um, yeah, it's always been strictly, strictly friendship. We've never ever done anything. Um, I've definitely asked him to make out with me once, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> what drew you to feel like that you needed that? I had uh, we ate uh, dim sum or something, and then I was like drunk off of wine. I was like, "Want to make out?" And he's like, "No, get out of the car." <laughs> the only place you go to eat with with Nick would be dim sum. That's where he takes all of his friends. It's where he takes everyone. He takes everyone there. I know it's so funny. We all joke about it. Like me and all of his other friends. I'm like, you go to dim sum with Nick recently? Because I did. Like it's good. It's not that good. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his weekly dim sum. He loves it. I want to ask you about uh, being a representative for the just the whole LGBTQ community when it comes to the franchise. How has that felt? Um, are there any really special stories that you have to share about breaking down that barrier for the show? 
Um, you know, at first it felt really crazy and overwhelming. Uh, but now, you know, it just kind of feels like normal. And also I don't really do anything with like the bachelor franchise much recently, you know, like, uh, Mm-hmm. I feel like ever since I got a boyfriend not in Bachelor Nation, they just don't want anything to do with me. Um, but I I can't really say, like, I don't even know how I feel about it. Like, honestly, I I don't know what to think. The only thing that I will say, like, I do feel proud because of I've had people come up to me with their stories about, like, you know, one time this mother came up to me at Dancing with the Stars and she said, her daughter like came out to her because of me and she was crying like her, this mother's crying in front of me and like that was just like so moving and I was just so proud that I was able to do that for somebody out there and there's been like a lot of stories that are similar like DMs people thanking me and stuff like that so it feels really good that I can make people feel comfortable with something that is like one of the most uncomfortable hardest things to do in the world. That is awesome. Um, there have been a lot of fans who wanted you to be the bachelorette. Uh, how do you feel like they would have casted that kind of season if you weren't in a relationship right now, which we'll get to in a minute? <laughs> and um, how could they integrate more LGBTQ people into the the franchise, you think? You know, I don't know what they would have done. I know what people would have wanted is like half guys, half girls, um, which, I mean, that would have been super fun. I would have loved that. Um, but then they bring up the issue of them hooking up with each other, uh and stuff like that which is like okay yeah maybe that that would happen too so I don't I don't know what they could do I think about it a lot um I just I don't I don't know how they could do it I I don't have the, I need a team I need a whole team of people to help me come up with that <laughs> Well, you won't be the bachelorette anytime soon because we got Claire next and you are in a relationship with a new guy, Slater, right? Yes. Slater? Yes, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys meet? Um, one day Katie texted me and Katie said, hey, do you want to go to lunch with me and my friends? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I go up to the car and I open the door and there is Slater and my I couldn't even breathe. I was like, what the hell, Katie? You didn't mm. tell me this dude was super hot. Um, and we like hung out all day. We went to eat because Katie and him have been friends for years. So it was like me, him, Katie and this other guy, TK. And we went to go eat. Then we went to the mall. Then we went and got like gin and tonics. Then we went back to Slater's mom's house here in Calabasas and then we um, drank wine and we made a TikTok and then we hooked up and then I have been with him every night since then. <laughs> you are literally quarantined with your new boyfriend in your boyfriend's family's house. How do you go That's from awesome. that early stage of dating to every single waking moment together? I don't know because it's it's so crazy because I'm not normally like this. I don't. Uh, I can't really handle this much time with anybody, but he just has like such a unique personality <laughs> and he's just so fun. And I, I just love being around him. I love just watching him cause he just interests the fuck out of me. Like he's just the most fascinating person and, uh, his family is incredible. I met his mom the first night that we met, obviously. Um, and she's just a rock star mom. And then he has his sister. So it's just, I don't know. I, I would have never imagined I could be doing this because this kind of thing would really intimidate me. Um, but it just like, I don't know. It just kind of happened. Like we just got so close and then now I'm so close with his family and it's, I don't know. It's the craziest thing. It sounds like insane and unhealthy, which it might be a little bit unhealthy, but, um, 
I don't know. I wouldn't have it any other way. How's it going so far? What's it like living with his family? Um, it's great. Like I get along with everyone super well. The person I probably get like don't get along with all the time is just Slater because you know you just start having <laughs> stupid little bickers. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's so much fun. Like his sister and me, we have so much fun together. Like both of his sisters, uh, his older sisters, like my new bestie. We just hang out all the time and just do stupid together. Like just get drunk or whatever we want to do, and then we like we started this new thing where we're having like theme nights. So the other day we did like a Gatsby theme night and I, I didn't really expect like everyone to participate, but everyone did. And it was so cool and it was so much fun. Um, yeah. Everyone's very, very chill. Like a, you know how sometimes you're around people and you're like, Oh, I got to like watch myself around them, you know, and like got to like filter yourself and everything. Not here. Like everyone's accepting of everything. No filters needed. Uh, it's just, it's great. It's very, very relaxed. So good. That's awesome. I'm with my, uh, I'm with my fiance's family as well. So, uh, I know it can be a test and it's, it's actually been great for us too. Aww, so good. I, uh, I think that's awesome. I love that for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, that's, you know what, Demi, we just did like a, a wild run through your whole well i know those things we skipped like most of your life to this point that is a wild ride demi i i love this part of the podcast uh since we've gone through everything it's now your turn to turn to take the stage there's people out there listening that are just huge fans of you and they love you dearly and, and ashley and i are two of those people we're gonna give you like 30 seconds to a minute here uh, to just give the fans a message before Ashley takes it away with her famous uh, rapid fire questions. Demi, what would you want to tell your fans right now? I would want to tell my fans that I love them. I think it's crazy that I even have fans. It's unbelievable still to me. Uh, I never thought that I'd be here. And I love how supportive they are to me and how loyal they are to me and even whenever I doubt myself or you know I'm feeling kind of low or something like they're always there to like reassure me like if I'm intimidated by a situation I have my fans that are like you know like me starting a podcast and my fans are like oh my gosh yes we've been waiting for this best part of like the quarantine like you know like this is what we need right now in 2020 uh and so it's nice to get reassurance and so I want to thank them all for the reassurance and I want them just to, you know, keep up with me and play Animal Crossing with me and also make sure that they take time to love themselves as much as they love me and to love the people around them. You know, I think that everybody needs a bit more love right now. And yeah, but especially yourself. Hmm. Thanks, Demi. All right. Are we ready for rapid fire? Mm hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start out with talking about your Instagram name, Demi Not Lovato. I feel like more people know you as Demi Not Lovato than Demi Burnett. And then Demi Lovato ends up becoming a good friend of yours. Can you describe your friendship with Demi Lovato in two words? Um, oh, gosh. Let's see. My friendship with Demi Lovato. Wholesome fun and it was just because she was a fan of the show right and she like wanted to date mike and then she just kind of got chummy with you guys from that season 
yeah. And then we just started hanging out. Um, like me and Hannah went over there, and then I just started going over there more often, hanging out with her. Then we went camping together. Uh, so we all got really close going camping, and like we've had like cool, like you know, like healing things and stuff at our house. Like it's really, it's really wholesome, and it's uh, it's good energy. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Strawberry. Interesting. What is your favorite TV show? Of all time, Game of Thrones. Uh, Most beautiful, complex storyline. I love it. What's your favorite physical feature of Slater? His body. Oh, my gosh. And his smile. Your favorite scented body wash? Dove Coconut Jasmine. Yay. (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts of the quarantine crew? Uh, Oh, Hannah and Tyler and all them? Yeah. Looks like they're having a blast. Also <laughs> feels like uh, this, you know, like the random strangers that like nobody knows who they are. I'm like, they are. I'm I'm thinking they're clout chasers. They're like, oh, we've got to get these TikToks going out now. I've got Hannah Brown and Tyler Cameron in the house. Let me ride that clout train. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And lastly, what is your favorite beauty product? Mm, Probably oh, lip gloss. Like lipstick, lip gloss. What brand? Um, what shade? So what I like to do is I like to take this NARS uh, lipstick in the color and the shade Barbara. And I like just, this is just like every every five or like every hour I do this pretty much because I hate whenever my lips have like no color on them, you know? So I just like barely dab it like on there. And then I take a lip gloss and it can literally be any lip gloss that I have. Like I have lip oils, I've got cheap stuff, like anything just to like put a little shine gloss on there. And uh, it like looks like slightly... Uh, natural but it it definitely makes it look so my lips aren't dead perfect well thank you so much Demi yeah this in-depth podcast was amazing we truly got to know you so much better oh I was really nice guys I was very therapeutic oh good that's what we love hearing yeah it's like I just went to therapy (laughs) thanks Demi this was this was great um as Ashley said thank you so hey follow um Follow the lead here. Let's see if we can do this right. Sometimes people get it, sometimes not. Just follow Ashley and I. We do it every time. This has been the Almost Famous In-Depth Podcast with our uh, one of our favorite Bachelor Nation contestants, Demi Burnett. Uh, we'll be back again very soon with another In-Depth. Um, I don't know, Ashley, what do you think? Next two weeks, we should try to come out with another next month? Oh, yeah. What are you thinking? Within, I would say within two weeks, we should have another In-Depth. That's awesome. Hey, uh, well, with that... Demi, as uh, Ashley said, you were awesome. I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. I've been Demi. Woohoo! We'll talk to you later, guys. Bye. She's been on the show before. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.